Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Local 872, your workforce solution. It's time for JT The Brick. Every one of these games has been a pain in the ass. Every game is like a nightmare. Catch the ball. Tackle. This is a new day. It's a new chapter. It's a new era. It's a new mindset. A lot of Raider fans wanted to change. You got the change. Our intention of how we play, the execution of our play, the mindset of our team, that, that's what I'm looking for. This is a turn in the right direction for the Raiders organization, and I'm pumped about it. I get right to the point. It's black and white. You know how I feel when I walk out the door. I think the Raider fans are happy for a reset. I'm not a long-winded person. I'm not going to give you a dialogue or write an essay. This guy's ready to roll. He's not messing around. He wants to win. Raider Nation, our fan base, our alumni base, everybody come blacked out. That black hole get rocking and rolling. As I always say, you know, you show up and we'll show out. JT the Brick. Unbelievable energy. Hyped up, ready to go, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. What is that mindset? It's that of the Raider pride. Commitment to excellence. And making sure our alumni, our fan base, and Raider Nation are proud of what they see on the field. And now, I'm glad you did your homework. That's the same thing I told our players. Here's JT the Brick. Raider Nation, unite! We're back in the flagship studios of the Silver and Black, counting down to the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Chiefs. Oh, I didn't think I'd have to say that two, three months ago, but I told you it was possible. I didn't want to have to say it. We'd be having to talk about the Chiefs and the 49ers for two weeks. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about the Chiefs and the 49ers for two weeks because they're playing in the bleeping Super Bowl in our city of Las Vegas where I live. So that's easy for me. It's not hard sledding. It would be great if the Raiders were in. I mean, it'd be unbelievable. If the Raiders were playing, I'd be preparing for a parade. I'd be like, where are they going to have the parade? Right? But the Raiders aren't playing in this game, so we got to step aside, keep our fandom going, give you some Raiders content, but get into the game. And see who's going to win that game and talk about it. It's an easier week to call me now than next week because Radio Row. A lot of people rip on Radio Row. Oh, they're selling socks. Guys selling a compression knee device. Some guy selling something from Australia. Some hat that has a motor in it. Whatever it is. These alumni and celebrities get paid for their likeness. And they go to Radio Row. And there is, it's like fish feeding time. The biggest, biggest stations get the biggest guests. We've been lucky. I've been getting. I've been in that category most of my career, but not at the level where Pat McAfee now and some of the shows are getting. You know, I'm doing a couple of nights with SiriusXM. They have a compound. They get good guests. But the average solid sports radio station, which are most around the country, they're all fighting for the same people, and it is a fight, man. You got producers running around beg. Borrowing and stealing. Hey, I got a 120 opening. I got a 110. Oh, I, I can do 1250. We can tape now. It's crazy. Our producers work like Jared really hard to try to find out who to get, right? And then you get a guy on for 10 minutes and he's got to leave because he's got he's five minutes late on another interview. Radio Row, there's an art to it. My art is to get there early, tape whatever I can, put some content in the can, go live, tape again, then go live. And then get home late and say, man, what a day I had. Not anymore. My, my goal now is to work my ass off, but I live in Vegas. I'm going to entertain people in Vegas, and I want to hit the strip with my friends who are my friends who I've been with my whole life. So I'm going to have the social time, put in all the work we have to do. So do all of our work and make sure it's really good. But there's going to be some late nights and some fun. I got a buddy flying in just for you too. You too Saturday night. And then he's going to stay for the Super Bowl, not go to the game. I've already had 11 calls for tickets. I don't have any tickets. 
Matter of fact, I would. I don't have tickets. I don't. Uh, you know, some some years I get tickets, some years I don't. But now, uh, the secret is you have to buy the tickets. Back in the day, there was a bowl. There was a bowl, and they just get pick out and give me tickets. Now it's not the case. And if you want to go to this game, if you want to go to this game, prepare on spending a minimum of five to seven. I'm getting a lot of these texts. Anything you can help me with, I'll take anything. There are there's none of those available. Anything is four to five thousand at Allegiant Stadium. There's no freebies. There's no comps. Some of the people that we have media credentials, that's different. That's not a ticket. Can't give you someone's media credential. But the tickets are out of control. Now, there's been some Super Bowls that I went to, probably a third of them, where the market crashed 24 hours out. And that's why I'm going to have Johnny Mack on next week. He's going to tell you about that. Where at the end, you might be sitting on Super Bowl Sunday on StubHub or looking around and someone wants to move a ticket. Hey, they had three. One person didn't make it. Uh, they'll sell you that ticket for face, and the face value could be twenty five hundred, three grand. You're not getting in for eight hundred. You're not getting in for a thousand, like a Raider game. And that's what's hard about this game is that you have a lot of fans who aren't fans of the teams at the game. You get what I'm saying? They're at the Super Bowl. They're cheering for the anthem. They're cheering for Usher. They want to. They want to be entertained, and they want a good football game, but they have nothing invested in it. You know, a third of the fans, or probably more than a third because of the Swifties, will be Kansas City fans. And probably a little less than a third will be Niner fans. Niner fans, the difference with the Super Bowl, in my opinion, is the Niner fans have the money. And there's money in Kansas City, but there's money in Oklahoma, and there's money in Nebraska. I'm talking Silicon Valley, everybody. I'm talking Sand Hill Road. So if you're in San Francisco or Palo Alto in Burlingame in Napa and you go, I'm a Niner fan my whole life, I got to go to Vegas to see him win the Super Bowl, you'll be able to get in, but you're going to pay six, seven a ticket, six, seven thousand a ticket. And that's a drop for people that have that type of money. Some other people that just don't want to spend that type of money would save that for a car, save it for a couple of mortgage payments, a college wink, wink, college wink. You know, there's a lot of money to spend to go drink, you know, cocktails and watch a football game. But if you get a chance to go, go. No doubt about that. Uh, Raider Romeo says Raiders versus Saints in the Super Bowl next year in New Orleans. Well, I don't think the Saints are going to get there. The Saints are a mess. I thought the Saints this year would be the easiest team to make the playoffs. The Saints and the Jaguars. thought they would be in blindfold that they both didn't get in. And... You know, Martin Miller says, I'm embarrassed to our whole fan base. It's a personal choice. I won't be watching the game. That's a good topic to kick off this monologue this hour, brought to you by the 872 laborers who built the city on time and on budget, led by Tommy White. Uh, I don't like reading that, Martin, but I appreciate what you're saying on our YouTube feed. Because I don't know how you could not watch something. I don't know how you don't watch a football game because you don't like the teams or the NBA Finals. A good example is last year the Denver Nuggets, led by Nikola Jokic, one of the best basketball players of all time played. Denver doesn't move the needle. Denver's not going to have the ratings that you see at all compared to the L.A. Lakers or the Boston Celtics, but they were the best team, and, and by far. I watched every game. But was I enthused as much as a Warriors versus Cleveland LeBron game? No. Not everything is going to be great every year. Not everything is going to be iconic every year. But the good news for Las Vegas is that the two teams playing in this Super Bowl are iconic brands. One is just recent. Kansas City was terrible most of your life. 
had a couple of good years. But now the Mahomes era, they're new and they're elite. It's an elite franchise. And then you have the Niner Empire with their five Super Bowls and what they've done and how great they've been under Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and Joe Montana. So that should deliver a high rating. Now, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. I have a tough time with conspiracies. I lost a fraternity brother on the top of one of the towers on 9-11. I don't like conspiracies, politics, government, uh, UFOs, sports. I'm not a conspiracy guy. More and more people are acting the fool with this when it comes to Taylor Swift, the referees, who's in the bag for Goodell in Kansas City. Look, some of it's light and fun, and we could talk about, but I don't believe in the conspiracy that the world wants Kansas City to win. I believe thoroughly that the league will not alter the game with officials that are corrupt or anything like that, but I believe the league in general likes Kansas City winning. It's been incredible for business. It's been because of one person, not Mahomes and not Kelsey, because of Taylor Swift and her ability to move that many fans, actual human beings, over to the NFL and predominantly the Chiefs, that has extended advertising and ratings to a level that we've never seen before. We've ever seen before. It worked. It works. So as an anti-Chief guy, it bothers me because it's giving the Chiefs more eyeballs, more attention than I believe they actually deserve. They, fortunately, they're winning a lot for them. So they can hide behind that and say, no, no, it's not Taylor Swift. It's us. It's us. If we weren't winning, we wouldn't have Taylor Swift around our games. What would happen if Kelsey was on a foreign 13 team? Would Taylor Swift be at regular season games when they're four games under 500? No. But she's coming to every game because every game's an elimination game and the Chiefs are winning and they're putting her on television and they're promoting the Grammys and television commercials and her tour and her album and Kelsey and all of the companies Kelsey and Mahomes represent. So if you want to buy into any portion of not a conspiracy, but something that should piss you off, is that because of Taylor Swift's impact on football, the companies... The businesses that Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid represent on television is getting a boost. No one's walking around saying, man, I'm going to buy, you know, more. I mean, I'm going to buy more State Farm because Andy Reid's putting his fingers in his nuggets. No one's saying, hey, call call Jared, call the insurance adjuster. I want to switch to State Farm. But what they're doing is the name recognition of State Farm. Whatever Kelsey's selling, subway football, uh, footlongs, everything that Mahomes is doing, all three of them combined, is getting a boost from Taylor Swift. You're a Chief fan. Would you agree or disagree? Hundred percent. It's uh, it's synergy. Like that's a, like we talk about that in business class mm-hmm. about like you find another business that doesn't necessarily compete with you, but you can both you can both profit from something. Why wouldn't you? And from what I can tell, it seems like Kelsey and Taylor seem to actually like each other. Mm. So this is just thumbs up for everybody, and they're all going to make a lot of money. Yeah, they are making a lot of money. And I don't get in front of people that are making money. I never get involved with anybody's money, but I will say I don't like it. I don't like this type of advertising and promotion. I don't want to see a league that in every 10 or 15 years we have to add a Britney Spears or Madonna 15 years ago or Taylor Swift, or five years from now, a new pop star, we have to add into 
the infrastructure of the league to get hype around the league. Because what that you know, every year when they say the ratings come out, don't you notice this? Well, the NBA finals were up eleven percent from last year. Well, then why didn't you talk about how bad it was last year? You were technically down eleven percent the year before. What made it different? Well, what made it more intriguing was the matchups. This has a great matchup. It has Taylor Swift. You think the Super Bowl next year because could be good, but if the Chiefs aren't in it and the Niners aren't in it, and it's a team like Detroit or another team, say Jacksonville gets in, whoever it is, and there's no Taylor Swift, not going to have the attention that this one has. This is the perfect storm. I hate to say the Taylor Swift element, and I married a Swifty, so I'm not ripping her, but I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. So you got Taylor Swift. you got the Chiefs playing for a dynasty, the D word. Yes, a dynasty. Dynasty has to have three. They'll have three in a short period of time. you got the Niners, who are an empire, massive, and drum roll, please, you have Las Vegas in the first ever Super Bowl in the sports and entertainment capital of the world. How can the Super Bowl fail? It's impossible for it to fail. It's a mega tropical hurricane a week and a half out. The whole world's got storyline, storyline, legacy plays, Hall of Fame plays, all of this mixed in. It's the perfect storm. It just so happens the city that's hosting it is the home of the Raiders, and we're sick to our stomach because our fans can't stand those fan bases. Anything else would have worked. Detroit-Baltimore would have been beautiful. But this is a bigger Super Bowl because the Niners are really good, really, really good, and Kansas City's playing for a dynasty. Raider Al checking in. Appreciate it, Al. What's happening? Hey, what's going on, JT? Doing well, thanks. Um, just just listening to uh, what you were saying and stuff, and uh, I actually came across an article, and I hate to bring it up because, you know, but like you said, it's boosting all the other Kelsey, Mahomes, Andy Reid, whether it's cheeseburgers, you know how he does it. Um, uh, what is that? I saw where it said since September, all the social media, everything, everything to do with around Taylor and the NFL, she's racked up around three hundred and thirty-one million dollars since September. Like I'm like, whoa! Like her fan base mixed with the NFL, and you know the husbands loving football. The wives loving Taylor, you know, comes together. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I just wanted to touch on that and just let you know. I mean, it sucked. The, uh, the number's outrageous. But um, what I really wanted to call was uh, real Raider fans are fans of football. We do not boycott Super Bowls. I don't care if we hate both teams. We are football fans. We don't shut the TV off when there's playoffs. We don't say, oh, the Raiders are not in it. Who cares? We're real Raider football fans. And anybody, like you said earlier, and I watched your podcast yes. on YouTube yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday's show. Thank you. And how you were... No, no. Go, mean, let me yeah, go oh. ahead. Finish. Go ahead. No, no, yeah. No, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous to me to, to for, for us, like, uh, especially our Raider fans, like, come on, man, we love the sport. I got you. I got to yes, jump in. I got yes. you. I got to wrap no, it up. Appreciate. It. No, I appreciate you calling thank in. You thanks for. Thanks thank you. Me. Thank you for watching the show on the live stream, and thanks for calling in. Look, I don't do these bits. I don't come in here and sit down with a producer and write a five-minute bit on Taylor Swift. There are radio hosts that do that now. They have coffee, bagels, donuts. They get together, and they get twelve people in the room. 
What are we doing segment two of hour number two? Let's do a Taylor Swift bit. Let's get some stats on Taylor Swift and this and that. None of that here. I'm just bringing up the obvious. I live in Vegas. Taylor Swift's going to make the Super Bowl the biggest it's ever been. Her being there and being there on time is going to make it massive. Young girls and women who would not be watching the Super Bowl aren't going to miss a second of it. And then you got two great teams, and they're great teams. There's no flukes in this Super Bowl, no flukes at all. want to thank everybody on the live stream. I'm going to jump off here. You can listen on the mobile app or where you're all listening on Raider Nation Radio. We appreciate that. We are brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. When you see Usher at halftime, remember that's Remy Martin. Have a Remy Martin cocktail and watch halftime of the Super Bowl and all their other activations around town. Uh, YouTube live stream tonight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. He's trying to push the pocket. Jackson throws deep middle for the end zone. Intercepted. Intercepted in the end zone. Intercepted by Dion Bush. Back-to-back turnovers in the end zone by the Baltimore Ravens. Dion Bush with the interception. The old Wiley special teams dude gets a pick. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by the DeCasta Verde Law Group. If you get into an accident, call 702-222-9999. Beautiful. The DeCastaverde Law Group. The brothers have you back. Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde, 702-222-9999. Have the number in your phone. The brothers have your back in case you get into an accident. Why pick my guys over the other? Seems like hundreds of people with billboards here in town because we know them and we trust them. And their family and the family legacy of that law firm is something you could all research and look at from their dad, who built a powerful firm that helped out Latinos, helped out individuals with immigration issues, helped out many who got into truck and car accidents, and they're there to help you. The DeCastaverde Law Group, 702-222-9999. Man, Lamar Jackson had a terrible game. I'm shocked by that. For all of us who wanted Kansas City to lose, we were all pulling for Lamar Jackson. That's how it works. If you want Kansas City to lose, you needed the MVP, who's going to be named this year, to step up and have a great game. And he played arguably his worst game of the year. That can't happen. Tip your cap to the Kansas City defense. Ross Tucker joins us, former offensive lineman, the Ross Tucker podcast. He's also with CBS and Westwood One. He was in Baltimore for Kansas City and Baltimore covering the game. Ross, good to talk to you again as we begin. Uh, paint a picture for me coming into that game in the atmosphere and what it was like when Kansas City got off to such a quick start. Well, so first of all, th- there is no better atmosphere than a conference championship game. It's just awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. for people that haven't experienced it, it's way better than a Super Bowl because the Super Bowl was like, maybe a third of each team's fans and the third people that are just there to go to a Super Bowl, like corporate. Whereas, you know, it was 95% Ravens fans, 5% Chiefs fans. And they had not had a home conference championship game in Baltimore in over 50 years. I mean, it was 71 when the Colts hosted John Madden and the Raiders. I mean, it's just remarkable. So the atmosphere was electric and, what the Chiefs did with those first two drives was absolutely gigantic because they went a long way towards taking the crowd out of the game, uh, which I thought would be a significant factor. You know, the Ravens led the league with their opposing teams having 19 
false starts. The Texans had had five the week before, and it was loud, but I'm not sure they ever got quite to where they could have been or had been. It obviously didn't affect the Chiefs, who I don't think they had a false start all game, which is really super-duper impressive. I mean, I just went back and watched the first couple drives and just masterful all around. The offensive line, Pacheco getting some good runs, and then Mahomes especially to to Kelsey, which is still, you know, the most uh, the most convincingly dominant and uh, secure relationship between any quarterback and ball carrier, you know, receiver really through the air when you need mm-hmm. in the playoffs. They're just so clutch. Ross, what just blows me away as I get to see Kelsey once or twice a year, every year of his career out here in Vegas and Oakland before that, every coach I've interviewed one-on-one has said they, they think they have a plan on how to guard him, and they don't. They, they, they tell me to my face they're going to put their hands on him at the line of scrimmage, bump him, chip him, and then have a linebacker run with him or a safety in the box, and it never happens. And I say, you know, that's not going to happen with John Arbaugh. He's too good of a coach. They're going to do a better job, and they're going to get physical on Kelsey early, and they even fall into the trap to try to jaw with him, and they get a penalty for that. I just thought that Kelsey manipulated them so badly. What did you see looking at the game again on while he was able to have 11 catches on 11 targets? Yeah, and um, a couple of them, you know, a couple of them were just like screens or whatever, or he they, he acted like he was blocking and then leaked out late, which is kind of funny to me. Like, I would not be worried or thinking about Travis Kelsey blocking. I mean, even if he's in there blocking initially, I would think that that's a bluff like it was for him to then eventually – you know, leak out and catch a pass. But the fourth down on the first drive that he caught was crazy impressive. The touchdown later on, that wild play from Mahomes, it's, um, it is really, really impressive what he's able to do. You know, the, the conversation all week, really all season, has been about how he, you know, lost a step and – Pretty clearly, that was not the case. Um, or at least, even if he's lost a step, he's still pretty darn good. It's so impressive. Mm-hmm. I thought that the Ravens had a perfect matchup with Kyle Hamilton on him, and that that was the matchup at times. Mm-hmm. Not really enough, but I mean, JT, he's beaten Brandon Stevens, who's probably been the best corner for the mm-hmm. Ravens this year on the fourth and two on the touchdown on the first drive. He beat Kyle Hamilton, so. Even the best matchups the Ravens could have had, he still secured the ball, even though they were right there with him because he's so big and he's very athletic. And then if you play zone, forget it. He's just got uncanny ability to find the ball. I mean, look, he's he's an all-time, all-time great. I always thought Gronk was the best tight end and probably still is just because of the blocking element. But Kelsey's having... Uh, what appears to be the best tight end career. Absolutely. Ross Tucker is our guest. We'll get to all of his platforms coming up here and what he's going to be doing at the Super Bowl. I'll tell you this much when it comes to Lamar. I like the history of the game. And you mentioned you go back to the Stabler years and then before that, LaMonica and the Raiders, Bradshaw, the Steel Curtain, America's team with the Dallas Cowboys. I've said this, Ross, a lot for over for months now. Kansas City is 
taking their brand and developing, them, developing themselves into America's team. They're the heartland. The Cowboys maybe will always remain America's team. I don't know if that's your opinion or not, but when it comes to television, marketing, hype, not to go big on Taylor Swift, all-star players, a great coach, using that to build the platform with television advertising revenue nationally, they're America's team. And until someone stops them, I think they love the stage. They are better on the bigger stages of the biggest games where other teams definitely have a flaw. The Buffalo Bills, Lamar Jackson, whoever it is. And Kansas City looks like a well-oiled machine to me. Everything's clicking at the right time. You know, it's funny that you say that because I I feel like the NFL is different now or always has been. Um when it comes to ads, like think mm. about all the commercials that Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy Reid are in. You know, and then Aaron Rodgers had him when he was with the Packers. You don't have to be play for L.A. or for New York. In fact, it almost seems like you're, it's better if you don't. Right. You know, it's almost like better if you are with one of these Midwest teams. Um, they are on the biggest stage in terms of their game, you know, whether it's CBS or Fox, seemingly every week they're in a marquee window. Obviously they max out the primetime games. And then it's the same way when, when Brady and Belichick were in new England, you know, the playoff games are always watched by more people and they play their best in those games. I was one that thought there was no way they would go to Buffalo and to Baltimore and win both those games, but they did. They did it, and uh, they deserve a tremendous amount of credit. Because not only did they do it, JT, they, they were the better team in both those games. Absolutely. Ross Tucker, as we wrap it up, for the Niner game and what you were able to watch and the comeback. I said it all week. Whenever there's an epic comeback, there's an equal or bigger loss on the other end in performance. In order for a team to have one of the greatest comebacks ever, the other team has to cooperate and either throw interceptions, fumble the ball, make bad decisions. Ross, I'm sure, I'm sure you have this on your podcast and other uh, platforms coming up. Your decision on Dan Campbell and the fourth downs, especially the last fourth down, when they could have tied the game with the field goal. Instead, they didn't get it, and the Niners took control and put it away. Yeah, so first of all, um, that was more the Lions losing the game than the Niners winning it. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to take anything away from the Niners. They won the game, but... That was about as painful of a collapse is probably the nicer word to use as I've ever seen. I mean, the drops, the fumbles, the interception off the face mask, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. That many just inexplicable professional football plays. And it happened over and over again in that game. Uh, So that jumped out to me. As for Dan Campbell... The one thing, and I said this on social media, JT, at Ross Tucker NFL, Mm -hmm. we need to start with this. And I thought Greg Olson nailed this. The the decision that's inexcusable was the handoff to David Montgomery with a minute left or whatever Mm -hmm. at the two-yard line. And then they had to use the timeout after he got stuffed. And so then they had to go for the onside kick. You cannot do that, JT. You cannot and the ball off there, you must throw the football because they basically gave themselves only an onside kick chance to win the game at that point. You, you just can't exactly. do it. You have to throw the ball. Um, you're almost better off kicking the field goal than you are running the ball and getting stuff there. 
we can have a discussion on the two fourth downs earlier. You know, I guess I would love if Dan Campbell would explain his process. Is it just, hey, that's who we are, we're going to be aggressive? Is it we've run the numbers and we have a much higher chance of converting this fourth down than we do with Badgley, who's just been okay this year and 77% between 40 to 49 yards? My argument is that not all fourth down situations versus field goal are created equal. And what I mean by that is, like, even if the the first one really bothered me, even if they get converted, okay, there's still a pretty good chance, JT, they get stopped on that drive and have to kick a field goal anyway. And even if they go and get a touchdown, they go up 21. The difference between being up 21 versus being up 17 is not nearly as significant as the difference between being up 17 and being up 14. It's still a three-score game. So I just wonder if Dan, and we were teammates for a little bit in Dallas, I wonder if he's taking that into account. And I just, I really think you have to tie the game when there's seven minutes left. Like, there's only seven minutes left. You have to tie the football game. You nailed it. you got to tie the game when you have a chance to tie it and then have an opportunity to come in and win the game, especially if the Niners make a mistake because it puts more pressure on Purdy in a tie game than having the lead and running it out. Uh, Ross, I know you're always promoting my com, and I think it's one of the best gifts this time of year because we got Valentine's Day coming up. Right, and right about now, it's so funny because, what, February 1st is Thursday? No, none of the guys listening right now, none of them think about Valentine's Day until February, right? It's like, oh, I don't need to worry about that until February. Well, February's here this week, fellas, and I know you're probably just going to get a gift card or flowers. I am giving you something totally different and unique so that for the next five years you can give a gift card or flowers because you can always point back to the year in 2024 where you got her a story written all about how amazing she is Everything she does for you and the family, written by a professional writer. It's amazing. You either just fill out five questions in an email or you talk to the writer while you're driving home from work. They're flexible. And tell them how great she is. The two keys, JT, and this is important, as you give it to her and she starts to open it, make sure you say, honey, I wanted something special for you this year. So I had a story written about you. Like that just sounds like the most romantic, coolest, unique gift ever. And then tell the writer, even if you can't think of anything right now she does for you, just tell the writer, I never thank her enough for all the little things she does. Because he'll put that in the story, and I'm telling you, I've seen seven videos now, because it's my buddy's company. When they read that line, every time they're like, oh my gosh, he notices, he notices the little things. It's hilarious. It's like guaranteed tears. The next-gen stats is like 95% cheers. Tears on that line. It's myfrontpagestory.com, myfrontpagestory.com. I love the Gen Net stats on top of it. <laughs> Ross, I'll see you out in my town in Vegas. Hope to hook up with you from Radio Row, one of the slots that I'm on. Looking forward to you coming out here and having a great time. Yeah, that would be great, man. I'm looking forward to it, too. I'm heading out there Sunday. I'll see you. Look forward to seeing you, Ross Tucker. Really good conversation. A guy was at the game and a guy who knows the sport pretty well. The Russ Tucker podcast is a podcast, and I don't subscribe to many. I subscribe to his. It's pretty good. 702-365-9200 if you want to get in. I know a lot of Raider fans are asking on social media about Chip Kelly. 
Is Chip Kelly qualified to be the OC of the Raiders? Of course he is. He's a former NFL head coach. He's an elite college coach. He he knows personnel. He knows schemes. How many times does Vic Fangio get a job, everybody? How many, does Vic Fangio get a new job every year? He's qualified to get jobs. The question becomes, is he the best candidate for what the Raiders want to do with Antonio Pierce? These individuals all will be working for, for Tom Telesco, Antonio Pierce, Mark Davis. Everybody has a structure. They're a team. They all work with each other. But everyone's got to get along and be a right fit, and that's what this interview process is watched. Uh, that's what we learned from this interview process. Is everybody, everybody needs to work well together because this is an important moment. Not that all the other hirings that the Raiders have done in the last 30 to 40 years. And happy birthday to the Raiders, born on this day in 1960. So, you know, we celebrate the 4th of July and we celebrate President's birthdays. I wonder why we don't celebrate this day in the Raider Nation at the level we should. Today is the birthday of the Raiders, which is fantastic. An AFL godfather put that out earlier today. I think that's really fun. Happy birthday to the Raiders. The city of Oakland was granted an American Football League franchise. Born January 30th, 1960 in Oakland. Lived in Los Angeles from 1982 to 1994. Residing in Las Vegas, 2020 and onward. The franchise chose the name Raiders on April 13th, 1960. But today's the Raiders' born day. I think we should celebrate it more and more. Should have parties. We should have good events. That should be like the Cinco de Mayo for the Raiders, shouldn't it? Should be the Cinco de Mayo of Raider Nation. I think we just came up with a good Modelo promotion. Robert in Portland. Thanks for always calling. What's going on, Robert? Uh, I hope Bobby gets well. Yes. First of all. Thank you. Anyway, um, I ha- I really thought about this for a while. Uh, you know, that Christmas game when our linebacker head coach, Mr. Pierce, um, you know, he did his magic wand. They got mm-hmm. two defensive scores in a matter of seconds from one another, and they you know derailed the Chiefs for a little while. I have a question for you. Will, will he hire a linebacker coach of his choice, or will that be a Graham choice? One more time. You cut out for a second. What was the question again? I was talking to him. When when Pierce hmm? hires his next linebacker right. court coach, will he will he will he allow Graham to dictate that? Uh, I don't know. He do it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would think that Marvin Lewis. And thanks for the call, Robert. I think that'd be a three-headed monster led by Tom Telesco, who's the general manager of the football team and dealing with the players. And then Antonio Pierce is the head coach with Marvin Lewis, and especially Patrick Graham. But who's the final guy that makes that decision? Actually, Mark Davis. When they make the decision on the budget, Tom Delaney, who's ever handling the money, gives the salary out. That is a four or five head decision. But I would think the number one choice would be Antonio Pierce to have control of his staff. I would assume he has that. He's the head coach of the team. I would assume he has that, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The NFL is heading into the Super Bowl, having its most watched playoffs ever. The league announced today that this year's 12 playoff games averaged 38.5 million million viewers. It's the most watched playoffs ever. Now, they say that every year. It's ever. Is that because they make more TVs? 
or they have more numbers in sports bars. I don't know what it is, but that happened despite some changes in the year's playoffs, including the first ever playoff game on a different platform, a streaming platform in Peacock when the Dolphins played the Chiefs. And how about the fact that a game was moved, delayed by weather, when the Steelers and the Buffalo game was moved from Sunday to Monday? Overall viewership for this year's 12 playoff games increased by 9% over last year, and each round of the playoffs saw its ratings increase from last year. So everybody loves this. The NFL owners do. I think the advertisers want more bang for the buck, and we know that the NFL is going to go back to the advertisers and ask for more money. A higher rate and going to ask their partners for more money. Last year's Super Bowl totaled 115.1 viewers, a record that the league will hope this one can break. So that's it. Last year, 115.1 is the number that Las Vegas is looking to break with Taylor Swift, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. Forget about who they're playing. They're going to break any ratings record. Taylor Swift, Andy Reid, Patty Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. We'll wrap it up on the other side. If you want to get through, do it now. We'll get you in here before Q. Lines up his show, which he already has lined up. He double dips like I do. He does multiple shows a day. I'm kind of weaning off of that a little bit here. It's going to be a nice offseason, and the Raiders are going to come back and hopefully explode on the scene. We're brought to you by the M Resort Spawn Casino, home of the Ditka Jaws Party. You don't want to miss that, the Cigar Party, Thursday night. Tickets at M Resort. Chiefs take over on their own 25. Kelsey out of the gun, rolls out to his right, tries to find his receiver. Intercepted down the sideline. Intercepted Jack Jones, and he walks in. Touchdown. Back-to-back plays for the defense with touchdowns, and the Raiders' defense has completely flipped this game in Kansas City. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. Thanks to Grimaldi's. Hey, how about that? Good timing with Jack Jones, Jared, playing that. Coming back, he's going to do an appearance with the Black Hole coming up at Flanker on February 8th. A meet and greet with Jack Jones at Flanker inside Mandalay Bay. You don't want to miss that. Friday, February 9th coming up here so you can get down and talk to him jack jones uh, one of the new favorite players of the raiders hosted by the black hole courtesy of the league of bandits and that's all set so go to the blackhole.com and you'll see it that's a big game weekend player appearance for jack jones friday february and that's that's it's a nice date that's a good time february 9th 4 to 5 p.m we have just got confirmation that on that same day friday of next week from noon to two I'll be broadcasting outside Cafe Americano at Caesars Palace. If you've been there with us before, we've had a couple of remotes. It's cool because it's outside. And that's going to get a big, that's the official hotel of the NFL. So we're in a great spot. That's why I agreed to do it. Don't want to be around. I usually, I usually don't leave Radio Row on a Friday, but it kind of winds down. And an opportunity to have a new client and a new opportunity there. So a Cafe Americano, a week from this Friday, noon to 2, Cervezas will be flowing outside, and we're going to get a couple of special guests because the NFL is going to be in that building, and the Hall of Famers are going to be in that building. So a little birdie told me, get inside Caesars at some point during the trip, so we're very excited about that. 
A couple other things here in, re- in regards to the Super Bowl. The weather, Jared and I were talking about it. I was talking about it with someone in the hallway. Uh, Live Golf is here. So Live Golf wants to get involved. So they need they need bodies out at the Las Vegas Country Club. I'm not anti-Live Golf anymore. I'm more pro-PGA. I love the Las Vegas Country Club. Love it. If you haven't been there in a while, it's fantastic. Old school. They have a Dean Martin statue. As you tee off, Dino, Dean Martin. They have an old school clubhouse that's fantastic. Retro pictures of Elvis back in the day. It's beautiful. And the golf course is fun. These pros are going to tear it up. I guarantee you there's going to be a 59 shot. Guarantee it. And they're going to have a lot of fun there. But Las Vegas Country Club is competing with the eyeballs of the Super Bowl. So you can hear a lot of people say, hey, we got you want anything to do on Friday? Well, Liv is going to be supporting that. And Liv's going to have a lot of celebrities trying to get there. Now, Taylor Swift is not the Saudi government, okay? <laughs> so if you want people to promote, the Saudi government, the Saudi fund, is Liv Golf. I'm assuming, and I don't assume because I know a lot of artists have performed for, like, a lot of money for one set over in the Saudi Arabia region over the years. But Liv is looking to get some promotion around the Super Bowl. I don't blame him for that. You got John Rahm, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, and they're going to be playing on a track right on the strip. And from all the social media that I've seen on it, when they do their golf tournaments, it's a DJ. They're they're dancing on the golf course. The golfers are wearing shorts. They're having fun. It's supposed to be much looser and an entertaining time. It's supposed to be really cool. I've never been to live golf, but the PGA couldn't be more boring. You go to a PGA and there's no DJ. There's no DJ doing all that. So Live Golf's going to have a big shot to make one impression, and their impression's going to be during Super Bowl week. So as the celebrities are in town, you know, Mark Wahlberg, Shaquille O'Neal, Tom Brady, everybody who's going to be in town for the Super Bowl, Live Golf wants to get some people over there to watch some golf. I got a buddy of mine who lives on the golf course, and some of the homes there are not spectacular. My friend's got a nice house, but they're old. Because of some of the codes, you can't you can't knock down a house there and build a mansion. You can't do that at Las Vegas Country Club. That's where they filmed the movie Casino with De Niro and Pesci, where the airplane, the FBI airplane, landed on the golf course in surveillance, and they have a mocked-up airplane in the pond there coming off the movie. It's a cool spot. Really gorgeous ground. like it a lot. Not the best neighborhood in the world on the backside of it, but some of the houses, especially where my buddy lives, really nice. So we were going to get a couple cases of Modelo at some point and just roll into his backyard, set up some chairs, have a little bit of food, and watch the guys come by. Just watch them come by and see if they are going to spray a couple of balls wide and left. But I think the Super Bowl is going to be a lot bigger than Liv. But it's a smart move by Liv to do this because they want to make sure they want to make sure they're in a good spot. And Vegas is a good spot for the Super Bowl. Andy Reid just spoke. I want you to hear this because the Raider win on Christmas Day, Andy Reid's talking about it still. Listen to what he had to say. So I think, Adam, that was a good wake-up call for us. You know, they came out with great emotion. Antonio had them ready to go. and But the, that emotion was the thing that jumped out at you that they played with. And I, I think it, it gave our guys, a, you know, a nice little, uh, you know, for a better term, a wake-up call. Listen, we need to, we need to step things up here. Things aren't just going to you know, fall in our lap. And so we're, we're taking everybody's best shot. And here's a team that went through some adversity and, and they stepped up and 
uh, were able to present themselves like they did. So we were able to learn from it and and move on. I, I felt all along, though, we you know, we had the ability to do that. We just, like I said, we, we needed uh, just a little kick in the tail there. That is a really good soundbite from Adam Schefter's podcast. It praises the Raiders and Antonio Pierce for having the Raiders more emotionally ready than the Chiefs, and it, the Chiefs are calling it their wake-up call. The Raider loss woke them up, and you can't argue it because they've been excellent since. What a gauntlet that they had to run. They had to beat Miami at home. Now, Miami was decimated with injuries. If they had to go to Miami and Miami was 100%, I think Miami could have beat Kansas City. Similar personnel, but they were just decimated with injuries. And Kansas City went to Buffalo and beat the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills wide right again on a missed kick. And then they go into Baltimore where they're up 17-7. And Baltimore can't get out of the way of themselves with all the penalties, mistakes, everything that happened there. Just awful. Awful that that happened. The breaking news of today, no doubt, is the fact that a coordinator who was supposed to take a job has not taken a job. And I find that fascinating when I look at the NFL. Jobs don't open up often. And if you don't take a job, it's shocking to me in the NFL. And Ben Johnson turned down two potential coaching jobs, one with the Commanders, the other one, Seattle. Those are the only ones that are left to stay with Detroit and stay as their offensive coordinator. So he's opting to stay with the Lions as the Commanders and Seahawks are the only two teams left. Sources told Adam Schefter that some teams balked at Johnson asking Price to be a head coach because the rumor was what he said, he wouldn't take a job under $15 million. What? Yeah, that was that was the rumor out there, and Schefter saying that. Some teams balked because of the asking price there. Guy's got balls yeah. to do that. He does, but you don't have to take a bad job. A good job would have been Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Not a good market for football, uh, for the NFL if you're the Chargers, but a good job. But the Raiders gave the opportunity to job to Antonio Pierce for the right reasons. Jared, nice job. Appreciate you. Nice job stepping in for Bobby today. Thanks to Ross Tucker who joined us and Jeff Sherman over at the Superbook at the Westgate. And thanks to everybody who logged on our YouTube feed, YouTube channel, JT the Brick YT. Going to go home for a little bit, and then I'm going to fire up the computer again and do it at 6 o'clock tonight. You can jump in on that live stream. YouTube, JT the Brick YT. Please subscribe so you get the notifications. You'll hear Q Myers coming up next. He's got a heavy load he's carrying. Big radio show, two of them. And he's putting together our entire radio row with our partners. Going to have a big week next week and a strong finish to this week. See you back here tomorrow.